In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made for him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made. transcendent, majestical beauty of who you are. Jesus Christ, we pray that your presence and your power would be with us this morning in this place in such a powerful way, God, that we might know you more. Your word has said that you desire to make yourself known unto us, God. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to want to know you more, that you would open our minds to understand you more. God, that you would open not just our physical eyes, but our spiritual eyes to see what you want us to see, God, to see your truth, to see your glory, to see you in all of your goodness, Lord God. Lord, we pray that we might see that this morning, God. Lord, we know that we are blind without you, Lord God. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would open our eyes, that we might see you, God, that we might see you in all of your glory that we might know you better. O oh God, our Father in heaven, we humble ourselves before you. And we ask that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here at Hartford City Church in 2018, we are believing that this is the year of visible transformation for us. And in the year of visible transformation, amen. Yeah, I got a few people excited about that. We believe that God is working in us to make our lives more bright and more beautiful as 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 18 from the message says. So I'm really fascinated by those two words, bright 
and beautiful. And that's how God transforms our lives. And so I wanted to begin with bright. And I wanted to begin thinking about the light that comes into our life when God comes into our life. The light that comes into the world. So we're going to focus on light for a little bit. Really for the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus on light. And in John chapter 1, it takes us back to the very beginning. You'll notice the opening words of John are very familiar. Amen? He says, in the beginning was the word. And we know that phrase because that's how the Bible begins. The Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, the Torah begins with these very same words, in the beginning. That's not an accident. That's not just something he decided to do. That's not because, you know, every story wanted to open with the same line, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away or whatever you want to say, right? But in the beginning was the very lines that opened up the Torah, the Word of God, the Hebrew Scriptures. It was the very beginning of all things. And so when John begins his gospel message with these lines, in the beginning, He intentionally is drawing his listeners back to Genesis chapter 1 and to the creation of all things. For in the beginning, we know God created the heavens and the earth. And John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is not the only place, by the way, that John is going to do this. In fact, the entire Gospel of John parallels the Genesis account of creation. For there are seven days in the creation story, and in John, he chooses seven signs only to talk about Jesus' work and his ministry and his miracles. John intentionally wants his readers to remember the creation story, and the creation story found in Genesis 1 and 2 is really a poem. It's a poem. It's a piece of literature. It's spoken word intended to tell us about God and how he created, friends. It is not a scientific textbook. It is not. It is a poem. It is literature. It is beautiful language that invites us to consider the very beginning of all things and the God who was there. And John invites us into the beginning to say, I want to take you somewhere new. In the beginning, you know that God created the heavens and the earth. But I want to tell you that in the beginning was the Word. And I'm sure that people thought, yes, we know, because God spoke and things were created, right? But he says, I want you to know that in the beginning was the Word that was with God and the Word that was God. And the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. That is Jesus Christ. Suddenly we learn what we didn't know before. That Jesus Christ was there from the beginning. From the beginning of time. Do you get what I'm saying? Jesus Christ was there from the beginning. He was not someone who came along in the middle of the story, in the middle of the Bible. But Jesus has been there from page one. Jesus has been there from day one. That Jesus is there whether we see him or not. He is still there. And we know that God created by his word, right? That God spoke and things came into existence. It's the very reason we sang that song, Let There Be Light, this morning. Just one word and I am changed. God is creating by his word. And John is saying, listen, there's something new going on. Because when you remember the creation story, you remember how God created everything good. Good, ultimately, absolutely, 100% good. 
But when it was corrupted and cursed by sin, by rebellion against God. And so when John takes them and says, Jesus now is coming as the creator of the world to recreate the world, to bring something new, to take that which was cursed and reverse the curse. Amen. That's what Jesus comes to do. He comes to bring things back into the way that God had always intended them to be. Jesus is doing a work of creation and so every word that comes out of the mouth of Jesus Christ is a word that has the power to create life. Has the power to bring something out of nothing. Has the power to create in our lives and we understand therefore now that as God spoke and things came into existence that Jesus is the word of God. Amen. That's what John chapter 1 teaches us. And we need to understand this, friends. It is so vitally important in this day and age as we are transitioning from centuries and centuries of religion and how religion has formed the way that we think about things. And sometimes, even though it sounds a little weird, we need to dig a little bit underneath the surface, right? So that we can gain a deeper understanding of what is going on, okay? So hang with me, all right? Hang with me. This is going to disturb you for a minute, all right? From the front to the back, this is going to disturb you, but hang with me. This is not the Word of God. Uh-oh, got quiet in here all of a sudden, didn't it? Because what did I just read in the Word of God? That Jesus is the Word of God. Is this book Jesus? It's the words of Jesus, right? It's the words, it's the observations, it's the reflections, it's the recounting of what God and Jesus said. It's the experience that his people have had that they wrote down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, under the direction of God's guidance. But this ink and this paper and this page is not the living word of God. For we know that the word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I, I want to say it's okay, I understand where we got that idea, calling this the word, and calling this my sword, right? When I was a kid, this was our sword, we were like, oh, I'm armed with the sword, right? We used to do sword drills, come on, somebody take back with me to Sunday school. We used to do sword drills where we'd look up passages really quickly. But here's the, here's the thing we need to be careful of, this page, this leather, this bounty, this is not a magical totem. This is not an idol to be worshipped. This cannot just magically sit on your shelf and bring about money in the mail to you. Okay, this is not something like that. What it does is that it points us, it enters us into the presence of God, which is the real word of God, right? I like how someone put it. It's really like a beautiful gate that stands at the beginning of a most beautiful garden. And a lot of times what we do is we get stuck at the gate. We get stuck analyzing and looking at the beauty of this, and we forget that behind this is the presence of Jesus Christ, that this is entryway into the presence of Jesus Christ. And that's where the beauty is. That's where the life is. That's where the action is. So the truth of this word, the truth of this word only begins with what God said and what happened. But it continues today. It only has power in and of that God is still speaking these words right here, right now to each and every one of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That God is saying to each and every one of you, let there be light in your life. God continues to speak. 
The only way these words mean anything to me is if they are activated by the Holy Spirit. If I believe that that is the real presence of Christ still speaking these words. And we get hung up over what was true. Well, whether was it true or not, did it happen or not? And I believe that it did according to what it said. But we don't understand all the details. So, for instance, Jesus said, come unto me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That he said that 2,000 years ago to a whole different group of people in a whole different country, in a whole different time and place, is cool. But what means more to me is that he's still saying that. He's right now. That word is living. Right now, Jesus is saying, that's why we read the Bible. That's why we read the Bible, not to become great scholars at it. But as we dig into it, hopefully what's revealed is the presence of Christ that continues to say, are you worn out? Are you tired? Are you carrying a lot? <laughs> Come on, is anyone here? Anyone here, man? I don't know who has to carry me like these days. Because I can almost see it in the spirit. People are weighed down as they walk. People are weighed down as they carry. Even the ones that are working so hard for the good in this world. And God bless you. I pray for you every day as you try to carry out justice and goodness in the world. It's a burden. It's a weight. Jesus said, let me carry it. Let me give you rest. Let me give you strength for each and everything you need. So remember that Jesus is the word of God. That's what John 1 teaches us, that he was the word of God, that he was with God, that he was God, that Jesus was unique, that Jesus was equal with God, and that as such, he put on flesh and blood. He put on the robe of our humanity. In other words, he almost, in a sense, veiled his humanity, like we talked about the veil, so that we would not be destroyed by the very glory and presence of God. And at the proper time, when we were ready, his veil, his body was broken and torn in two so that we might receive the Holy Spirit, the full release of the presence of God into our lives today. Amen? Amen? We know that Jesus is God who came to reveal to us who God is. And Jesus is the living word of God. Jesus is the one that is still speaking. His voice is still speaking every moment of every day. And when you read something in the scriptures... It is the word of God for you when you begin to understand and live into the fact that God is speaking that to you right now. Some of you have had this experience, amen? Have you ever read something or heard something and was like, oh, that was, that was for me. Like somehow you knew that was right for you, right? That's the Holy Spirit saying, oh, listen, I'm speaking that right now. I'm taking these ancient words on a page and I'm speaking them now in the spirit and in life. That it might accomplish something great and powerful in this world. Jesus is recreating the world by his word, just as God created the world by speaking into it from the very beginning. And what is the first thing that God created? The very first thing it was light. God said, Let there be light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there was nothing there. And it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep waters. And God spoke. His word came out into existence. Into the physical and the spiritual and every other kind of realm you can imagine. And the word said, let there be light. 
Oh, can you imagine that moment? Standing there and say, Jesus, you stood before creation, eternity in your hands. And you said, let there be light. What is so amazing about light? Well, a lot of things. We know that light is very useful, isn't it? Light is very good in our world. In fact, the first thing we know is that light gives life. Amen? Light gives life. You cannot live without the light. Every living thing must have light. We must have light in order to live. To have anything grow, to have anything work, we must have light, right? Even we might say, well, there are things that grow in the dark. Yes, there are some things that grow in the dark. I found them under my kid's bed sometimes. But there are things that grow in the dark. But we know that even in the darkest places of this earth, right? If the sun was not there, there would be no light. If we had no sun at all, in fact, if we were any closer to the sun or any further away from the sun, we wouldn't even have the life that we have, right? And someday, they may find life on Mars. They may. They may find that there's some form of life, right? But if we had no sun at all, there would be no life on Mars or Earth or anywhere else. Because without the sun, we have no life. You need light in order to survive. Let me tell you a little example of this that happened to, with me recently as I was reflecting on this. Our neighbors went away for a three-week road trip to Texas, and they asked me to take care of their house. God bless them. And I said, okay, well, I have to take care of a cat. Okay, I got cats. I can do that. Then they said, we have this fish tank. And I thought, oh, no. They don't know me. Years ago, man, I lost some fish watching for some people. But I'm praying over the fish. And then they had the plants. And he had very instructions on, various instructions on how to take care of the plants. And I'm taking care of the plants. He's got some in the living room of his house, and they're looking pretty good, right? I'm giving him the right amount of water on the days that he says. There's some, though, that's hanging in his bedroom, and they're not looking so good. These things are drooping. In fact, I think Scarlett came over with me once and said, Dad, you better do something about that. I said, well, I'm following the instructions. I'm, I'm giving him the water on the days that they say. I don't know what's going on. And then what happened was, I had somebody else talking to me. said, well, do they have enough light? And I went into the bedroom, and they had a shade pulled down. And I thought, well, let me just open up this shade. And I just opened up that shade, and the plants started to come back. Because what they needed was light. And what that reminds me, what that teaches me, what God spoke to me in that moment, is this. When we feel our life starting to wilt, we need to let some more light in. We need to let some more light in. You know what my other option was? To take those plants and put them in the living room where the other plants were doing well. And I feel like there are so many people who miss that simple principle that you need light to survive, right? That they think, I don't understand. I, I feel like my life is wilting. I feel like I'm not close to God. I feel like things aren't going well in my life. I don't feel like, well, you need to either open the shade and let some more light in, amen? Or maybe you need to move out of where you are into somewhere else where there's more light, amen? Amen, those are your two options. You gotta get some more light into your life if you wanna live because without the light, you can't live. What is the second thing light does? It helps us to see, right? Amen. It helps us to see. Because we can't see without the light. We can't see what's going on without the light, right? Now, again, I know some people are like, oh, I can see in the night. I got the night vision. I got everything going on, right? But there's still light at night. There's the moon. There's the stars. We've got so many electric lights on in this world right now. Just look at a view from up above in space sometime, right? Look at a view and just see all the lights that are. There's always some kind of light. Like, no matter how dark it is, there's some kind of light that's always shining, right? I mean, we have our electronics on all the time. For crying out. I mean, we got light everywhere, right? Now, think about this. When it's true, when there truly is no light, you can't really see. 
at all. Has anybody ever been on one of those tours where they take you down in the cave, or maybe down in the mine, like a gold mine or a silver mine? Anybody ever been down? Have you ever done one of those? Have you ever had that part on the tour where they take you down the street? We're going to show you how dark it really is. And they turn out the lights for just a minute. And when they do, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. You ever seen? You ever, ever experienced that? That's darkness. That's not being able to see. Without light completely, we are unable to see anything at all. And what is the third thing that I want to talk about the light does? Well, when you intensify and you focus light, amen, right? What it happens to light? If you intensify and focus it, it becomes a laser, right? What does a laser do? It burns, it cuts. It has the power to like remove things from our lives, right? It has the power to burn things away that don't need to be there. It becomes very dangerous in a sense, right? We don't know how to use it. But we know that light gives us life that light helps us to see, and that very focused, intense light can cut and burn like a laser, right? Well, you'll notice what the text said this morning, right? The scripture that we heard. John writes, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so what does that tell us? That Jesus is the light of the world, amen? Jesus is the light of the world. So the same three principles are true about Jesus Christ. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. There is no life without Jesus Christ. There is no life without Jesus Christ. That's what I boldly proclaim to you. That's what I boldly proclaim, that you will not find life without Jesus Christ. We talked about how Jesus was there in the beginning, how Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. That means Jesus is unique. The Jewish people will honor him as a rabbi or as a teacher. Even Muslim people who follow Islam will honor Jesus as a great prophet. But we who follow Christ, we take it to a whole other level. Because Jesus wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just a prophet. He was the very son of God. He was, in essence, equal to God. He is the Word of God, and He is the light of the world. Does anybody believe that? Can I get an amen on that? If I can't get an amen on that, what are we doing? Come on. We propose this. We say that there is no other name given under heaven by which people can be saved but the name of Jesus Christ, because only in the name of Jesus Christ is the power, the presence, the Word, and the light of God. Uniquely, in a powerful way, now, people I know, right? We have sometimes discussions with people who don't necessarily believe this, right? Who say, well, I can live just fine without Jesus Christ, okay? Or I know plenty of people who seem to be living good lives without Jesus Christ. Anybody ever heard that? Let me try to flip that on its head this morning if I can, all right? I want to take it to a whole other level. That's in the spiritual, the religious level. What about your physical life? Whether you see Jesus or not, whether you know him or not, none of us, no person in the world can even be alive without Jesus Christ because of what I just said. He created everything. So Jesus Christ created the ground that you're walking on. He created the food that you ate this morning. He created the heart that's pumping blood through your body right now. He created your mind that's even accessing this information that I'm presenting right now. 
Right? God created everything. God created the very breath that you breathe and created the lungs that you have to breathe in. Then can anyone live without Jesus Christ? No. No, you may not see him. You may not recognize that your physical existence is due to Jesus Christ. But if Jesus Christ created everything, and the Bible says everything that's been created has been created by him, nothing that has been created has been created without him, then Jesus Christ is right now sustaining every single life on the face of the planet. Amen? Amen. Every single life on the face of the planet. Tristan, my screensaver went off. I don't know if Tristan's trying to get fancy back there by doing some kind of light show, but you need to get off my screensaver, buddy. Go back to the, back to the presentation. Somebody talk to him. Somebody help him out up there. <laughs> right? We cannot live without Jesus Christ. We cannot live because he is the light that gives life to everyone. And again, people just don't recognize that. They may not believe that Jesus created the world. They may not believe, right, that Jesus is the one who sustains our life. But Jesus Christ is. The very air that we breathe, the very air that we breathe was created by Jesus Christ. And he didn't just create it and let it go. He's still speaking. Let there be air. Let there be air. Let there be air. His word is sustaining your very breathing right now. Now, can you see the air? Can anybody see the air this morning? Can you see it? Can you see what the air looks like? Do you believe in it, though? Do you believe that without it, you would die? Because say, well, I can't see God. I can't see Jesus Christ. Well, you can't see air either, but you certainly die without it. You may not yet know who Jesus is. You may not yet have been able to recognize him or know his name. But you cannot live without Jesus Christ. Amen. You cannot live without Jesus Christ, physically or spiritually. Now, I said we may not see him, right? Light helps us to see. We are blind. We don't understand things. There's like a veil over our eyes we're talking about, right? Until Jesus Christ comes and removes it and speaks the truth to us, right? And again, that's not saying anybody else can, can, can see truth. They can but they can't see it clearly. It's like, a, it's like a shadow. It's like an image. Like they're, they're getting to it, right? So people all over this world and other cultures and other religions, they're seeing a little bit of the light, right? And they're maybe responding to something that's happening over here. But Jesus Christ is the one that helps us to see. Therefore, Jesus Christ is the one who reveals what truth is to us. If we want to know what the truth is of anything in this world, we need to know that it comes through knowing Jesus Christ. It comes from Jesus Christ, the light, showing us how to see, showing us what the truth is, right? Today is a great day. Tomorrow we celebrate uh, the birth of Martin Luther King Jr., a great man of God who spoke the truth, who brought about change, who opened our eyes in this country, right, to see things that we had been blind to. At least that's what he was trying to do, right? He was trying to make us aware of what was going on in communities that we didn't know anything about. And sadly, today, we are still in that situation where unless we have lived in that community, we really don't understand what's going on. Amen. When people come to me and say, well, those people, I say, stop right there. The fact that you've got to call them those people means you don't yet understand what their community is like, what their life is like, what they're living and going through, right? So we know that we still have a lot of work to do, but the work is the same as Martin Luther King Jr. began. It's speaking about the truth. It's helping people to see what they can't see. And I think one of the things, the thing that made him so powerful was that he believed in Jesus Christ. That his heart and his life was given to Jesus Christ. That as he looked at things, he had a lot of intelligence, yes, and that takes you to a, to a higher place maybe than other people. But when you have Jesus Christ, it takes you to a whole other level of revelation and understanding. Because you see the truth of the world through the eyes and the words of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? I want to invite you today 
to do something, to do something in a little different way than you've done it, or maybe you've never done it before, and that's to invite Jesus Christ into your mind. To invite Jesus Christ into your mind. Now, people like me, some of us, we grew up in church. And we had lots of languages and things that were given to us. And they would always tell me as a little kid, invite Jesus into your heart. That's the way they describe it. Invite Jesus into your heart. Jesus is standing at the door of your heart knocking. You need to open the door and let Jesus in. Let him into your heart. Amen? Well, I want to take that to a place that maybe you haven't thought of and said, why don't you invite Jesus into your mind? Because if you want to understand what's really going on, you need to pray about it. You need to pray for Jesus Christ to help you. One example, and you can take this every life. How many of you listen to or watch the news? I'm praying for you right now, if you see it, man. Because it's a difficult thing, right? To read the news or to watch the news, no matter where we get it from. But how many of us read it and listen to it without praying to Jesus Christ for wisdom and understanding? Well, now I got you, huh? See, I know that I don't do that either. If I'm reading something and I'm starting to get bothered by it, I need to say, Jesus Christ, I invite you into my mind so that I might understand the truth. Help me to see what others can't see. Remove the blindness from my life. Remove God speaking to me. Without Jesus Christ telling you the way things are, you won't know the way things really are. I'm sorry. Nobody's going to tell you the way things really are. It don't matter if it's Fox News or Huffington Post. They're not going to tell you the way that things really are. They're going to give you observations. They're going to give you material. But you need Jesus Christ to the light, to really see, to understand the truth of what's happening. And then finally, we, I talked about light being focused like a laser that it can burn. And this is where I want to talk about the work that Jesus Christ does in their life. When Jesus Christ came into this world, he came into this world to show us God's love, right? And the way that he showed us God's love was that he said, I'm going to die on the cross for your sins. You see, he knew that we had this, this hardness of heart. He knew that we had this blindness over our eyes. And so Jesus Christ is the light of the world, comes in like a laser, and he breaks up the hardness of our heart, and he removes the cataracts from our eyes. And he cuts out the sin and the disease that lives inside of our spirit. Amen. And it's a focused, intense work of Jesus Christ. But what it does is it removes all of the things in us that need to be removed. Amen. It does the work that needs to be done so that we can be healthy, so that we can be whole, so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be restored, so that we can be recreated as image. And we're afraid of that. We're not sure about that. We're not sure because there are things we don't want to give up. There are things we don't want to change in our life. There are things that we might argue and say, oh, that's not really so bad. But when the light comes, when the light comes, and when it's revealed to you that this is the truth of what God says, and when he says what you're doing, what's in your life, what's in your heart is wrong, then that's the truth. And he says, I love you so much that I want to get it out of you. And we're like, God, but it hurts. God, it hurts. I don't want to go through it, God, because it hurts. And Jesus said, yes, I know. It hurt me, too. It hurt me, too. In fact, I actually felt the pain that you're going to feel when you're dealing with this. Because I suffered in every way as you will suffer in this life. And I even went through death, what you all must go through, so that I could come out on the other side, the resurrection, and I could provide you life and life everlasting, and life eternal, in Jesus' name. That's why Jesus came. 
to bring us light, to bring us life, to show us the truth, to forgive us and heal us and take away our sin so that we might be the way that God intended us to be, so that we might be recreated, renewed, restored into the image of God. And so this morning, we celebrate communion, the Lord's table.